0: to me to get to that point where we where we can we've got the confidence to really go after things regardless of what we want to do whether we want to be a podcaster whether we want to work in investment banking whether we want to be an author whether we want to work in entertainment we unless we have the courage to really go after what we want then it's unlikely to happen but in order for us to go after it and be the best version of us in whatever discipline that is, we will fail. We will have setbacks.
1: Welcome to the Persistence You podcast with Lisbeth, and that's you as in university. But we're much more of a community here. I'm your host, Lisbeth Meredith, author, speaker, and online teacher. Each week, I'll be delivering stories from amazing survivors and strivers all threaded together with a dose of persistence. So glad you're listening. Welcome sisters and Brothers. Today, I will be interviewing Paul Padmore. And Paul does something that too few people do these days. If you're part, if you watch Instagram, if you're on social media, any more when you look at the images of bright, shiny faces, I think we're often sold... A story that's that influencers who are very popular all they did was um hey, they thought themselves positive thoughts and their lives changed just like that. They were a simple photographer and suddenly did a post that went viral, and now they're millionaires or they're making six figures all the time. They this influencer had you know, a uh, lifestyle blog and now is a gazillionaire. And it was just by her sheer grit. I think so often when we hear these stories and some part of that, those stories may be true, but we're missing a whole lot of what happened in the middle. In other words, we're not being, we're not being informed about this struggle that life takes. And I, the more we hear how, other people succeed and we don't, the more often we feel like big fat zeros. and uh, it can create a an environment of feeling isolated, of feeling despondent, of feeling like, what's wrong with me. So sharing our failures, that's something that I love on persistence you, even though that sounds strange. It's not that we stay in failure, but rather we learn from them. There's nothing to be ashamed of when we try things that we completely don't succeed at, because it leads us to that next thing. That's what Paul Padmore will talk to us today about. And I can't wait. I hope you're having a terrific week and that you are finding great meaning in some of your own failures. When you look back. Let's say, look back at your own life. List in the last couple of years something that feels like you tried and it was a great big belly flop. We all have it. Don't feel bad. I have so many over the last couple of years that it's hard for me to count them all. I can think of teaching book marketing as an example for indie authors, which I loved. I loved the class. I adored my students, but I could never quite get the price point to even cover part of the expenses that I had fronted. And so I lost money on that uh, in a big, big way. And it it was exhausting. Um, But it led me to so many amazing other opportunities that I wouldn't have had had I not gone through it. So think about what belly flops you might have done in the last couple of years. And gosh, I mean, go ahead and write me about it. If you're not on my email list, sign up at lameredith.com. But what did it lead you to? And that's the the stuff that we need to share with one another to keep us motivated. I do believe in the power of persistence, but also authenticity. And most of us don't live bright, shiny lives where we're always smiling and we're always traveling and everything's great. There's a backstory that's really important to connect with because that's where the real stuff that's helpful is, especially when it comes to developing a great future that we want to. So looking forward to Paul Padmore. I think he's patching in from another country. And so he's probably got a huge time difference. Let's see at what Paul has to say. And I will see you back in just a tiny little. Paul Padmore, thank you so much for making time to be with us on Persistence U today. It is a pleasure. And you're coming in all the way from England, not too far from London, but kind of far. Thank you.
0: No, thank you. I'm, as I said to you a second ago, I'm delighted, esteemed to be here.
1: (laughs) I am so excited. And when I heard that you had a podcast called My Perfect Failure, I was all in because I do believe that that's something we need to comfortably talk about, embrace and incorporate into our dialogue day to day that we just don't do anymore. Mm. It seems like with the online social media world, but before you started my perfect failure, Paul, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how it was? Tell us about your, some of your failures.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So background, some relevant background. So, I'm, I reside in a place called Basingstoke, not too far from London, as you pointed out. Career wise, done a number of different things. They've all been, you know, probably sales focused and relationship management focused. And I, I guess primarily probably over the last fifth, say 15 years ish, I'd worked in, I've worked for publishers, national publishers in the UK. Yes. And I was part of the, digital monetization team so i guess everybody who's listening or watching can relate to or maybe you can't depend on how old you are but in the i guess 80s and so forth and maybe before then people would people would digest their news by print papers and then as we got i guess more into the 90s then computers tablets iphones and so forth so people digest a lot of their content via those devices so I work for publishers and what our goal was was to increase the digital revenue quicker than the print was declining because people stopped buying it not completely but certainly there was a drastic decline in people buying mm. or, or, or absorbing their news via, via print and so I did that and I had you know I had quite a lot of fun doing it I worked with amazing people that nice. started off as work colleagues and then we all became friends you know close friends even till today we're all wonderful friends then around 2016 was it 2000 it was the end of 2016 got an opportunity to pivot stay within the same ecosystem but do something slightly different. So instead of being on a, instead of being publisher-facing, I got the opportunity to transition and actually be on a tech side. So ultimately what I was then doing is going to see publishers talking about a tech solution to help them monetize their digital real estate. So it was kind of like shifting seats, really. And okay. it was a startup. So it was my first opportunity to work with a startup. Lots of there was i think there was probably about 10 of us all together but we all knew one another so there was lots so we all at one point or another i don't think at the same time we'd all work with one another then we had two founders had some investors and then then we had team i was part of the team my roles look after partnerships and growth so a lot of sales a lot of relationship building and it kind of never really got going for me, really. It never really – a lot of the relationships I had, I couldn't really transition them into a, a lucrative stream of income that I needed, A, that the business needed, and and certainly I needed. And it was really that we our, our offering didn't, I, I guess, from a certain perspective, all the relationships I had, because I developed all these amazing relationships over the years – although they're wonderful relationships from a business perspective, they have to think about what 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 makes sense for them, and working with me to the level that they needed to work with me at didn't make sense for them to make money. So I got made redundant after about 10 months. And, and I felt it coming. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like I walked in one day, and it's like you'll make you'll be made redundant. It was kind of like a build up. So the build up felt coming. And once it happened, you know, it was I was, I guess, devast say dev I don't know if I was devastated. I was certainly upset. I was, I guess, a bit embarrassed. Not something that people don't really talk about, failures and this, that, and the other. And because it would have been quite a quick process, I was still getting people. Ask me how am I get on at the new job because you don't see everybody all the time. So people, you meet, you might meet somebody somewhere, or they might ring you and say, "What's going on with a new job? How's things going?" And I've been made redundant. So,
1: and for those of us in the states, when you say you've been made redundant, I mean you basically got laid off. Yeah. Yeah. Correct? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got laid off. Got laid off. So. Okay. Got no, no my that's good. Order. So yeah, and yeah, so it was. I guess a humbling experience. Oh yes. And so you have to you have to kind of process that. And there was far more challenging things that happen in life. But I guess at the moment, at that time, everything's relative. So you just have to kind of gather your thoughts, work out what's happened, and so yes, yeah, so, I so I did all that. And then I was very lucky; got another job reasonably quickly. But then I started thinking about, you know, we've got all these noted people that we hear about Mm -hmm. that are able to, they talk almost, they talk quite not enthusiastically, but they talk very competently and very assertively about the idea, how they've transitioned from setbacks. No, Oprah, Mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling, before the long time before them, Thomas Edison. The, the the list goes on. There's so many noted people that we mm. revere because they've been able to transition from difficult moments, failures, setbacks. And I I became curious about, I guess a, a couple of emotions. One, I was curious, and the second I was I was worried that you've got all these tremendous people globally that have setbacks. And for 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 a lot of us, we view it as quite terminal. The end game that once once we hit that, once we hit the buffers, then we give up on any type of ambition. And that kind of worried me. So for about a year and a bit I procrastinated because I I kept I I could be on a tube, I could be at a gym, I could be having lunch somewhere, and I would think about what I've just described to you. And then I thought to myself, I love listening to podcasts. Why don't I do something with this? Because I keep on having these thoughts. So maybe I can investigate how to make a podcast. And then I came up with this idea, my perfect failure. And, and I guess just to shrink wrap it, the idea is that I I was keen to have conversations with people that have either The experience of transitioning from difficult Mm -hmm. moments, or people that have got ex who are experts in in their their given field, because I'm I'm just keen and still am to support people that potentially are falling through the gaps, and they think that they've had a setback, a failure, or whatever it is, and that's the end for them. So I so I want to be part of the conversation. Whereby, if somebody listens to to one episode, there might be one thing in the episode that they hear, and it just gives them that little bit of light, that little bit of perspective.
1: I love that because the fact of the matter is we absolutely can't have success
0: mm.
1: without having bits or large parts or long periods of failure,
0: yeah, you no, know, it's
1: just what we don't talk about, and that creates a loneliness among people who are going through it and an embarrassment, like you said, and a shame. And it doesn't have to be that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, completely. And it's almost to me to get to that point where we, where we can, we've got the confidence to really go after things regardless of what we want to do, whether we want to be a podcaster, whether we want to work in investment banking, whether we want to be an author whether we want to work in entertainment, we unless we have the courage to really go after what we want, then it's unlikely to happen. But in order for us to go after it and be the best version of us in whatever discipline that is, we will fail. We will have setbacks, and it's a, and for me, it's about having that that behaviour that you know it's all right you know that it's part of the process like like Seth Godin I'm a big fan of he talks about the idea that if if I fail more than you then I win because he he views that as I'm I'm learning more than you so if me and him in in the same industry and he he fails he views that he's not going to do it continually but what he's going to do he's going to Every every time he fails, he's learnt something. Whereas if I'm not failing anything, failing, sorry, it's potentially because I'm not pushing myself. I might be going along at a nice, right. comfortable pace and not really pushing the boundaries of what I'm what I'm trying to do or achieve. I
1: love it. It takes courage to fail. It really does, because you have to at some point had to have thrown down the gauntlet and said, this is what I'm going for. And a lot of people are too scared to even do that. And then when you make that decision and it doesn't pan out as planned, it is important to realize the lessons we get uh, in our failures. And like you said, Seth Godin, an author for people who aren't into uh, necessarily books or writing, very, very popular, right? He's he's pretty well known, but for him to say, look... That's a sign that I am doing better than you are, that if I have more failures, yeah, I love that. I see it. I have a hard time cold calling and two mm-hmm. of the different things that I do for income require mm-hmm. that I cold call people. Mm-hmm. One is to set up appointments to be a college speaker, which is fun to do, but not fun to set up. And yeah. the other is uh, working for a true crime uh, network, you know, talking to victims but it's just filled with opportunities for failures and those being slammed down and this and that. What I have to remind myself is the more failures, the more I'll succeed, you know?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always an opportunity to, to learn. There's always new information and, and, you know, any, I always think about this analogy, anybody that I admire, regardless of, whether they, in the the UK, we talk about football. So there's a lot of footballers I admire. There's a lot of actors I admire. There's a lot of business people I admire. And because these people, when you get to the point where you become elite, you'll become well-known. That's invariably what society, society, the magazines, the, the, the television, the radio, that's what it gives us. It gives them at the top of their game. But in order to get there, These people have gone through so many setbacks, so many failures, and if you want to call it failures, I don't even like using the word because I think it. I think the word. I think it. It it restricts our our ability. It restricts our um, confidence to actually go ahead and do things. So, I don't even. I'm not a, a massive fan of the word, not because I'm afraid of it, but because I think it does us all a disservice if we if we aren't able to recover after after a failure or or a setback, sorry, or if we don't try. Because there's a whole bunch of people out there, and I've been part of this, where you kind of don't really try because the idea of putting ourselves out there on a limb and it not coming off and how many people do that how many people maybe listen to this really if there's something we want to do push ourselves to the to the edges of what we're looking to do to 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 really become the best sometimes we can veer away from that because it doesn't feel comfortable
1: i like to think too like you said the word failure it almost sounds like it's the end like mm-hmm. there's a period at the end of the word and then that's it it's yeah. it's like you're you're suspended in failure and what you're talking about is not that it's yeah. just part of the journey towards success mm-hmm. when did you know that your podcast and kind of your new life you know as you pivoted mm-hmm. after being laid off and tried a couple of things that weren't just it when did you know that you were on to something that was
0: so I I remember I was so I decided around two thousand and get my dates mixed up now, two thousand and I procrastinated for about a year, didn't do anything with it. Then I decided around two thousand and I think eighteen that I wanted to do a podcast. Yeah, probably about two thousand and eighteen. So I came up with the idea of doing something I didn't have really a name. And I remember that I was in a we work in central London and I was and a friend of I'd come up with I'd come up with a couple of names, but you know when you come up with things but they don't quite feel right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I remember that I was going from going to a meeting and a friend of my colleague held the door open for me and this I this name came to me my perfect failure so that came so this was around two thousand and eighteen towards the mid part to the end and then at the end of two thousand or or maybe. Maybe closer to 2019 at the start of the year, i just got the name. I'd gone through the process of setting anything up via the, via the directories and so forth, so forth. Apple, Spotify, website sorted, and then it was. I realized I wanted to have it a discussion-based piece, and then I definitely got some imposter syndrome around the idea that I'm not a podcaster. So what am I doing? Who's going to want to listen to a podcast about failure? who's going to who's going to want to listen to Paul Padmore talk about failure and listen to Tim Ferris and all these amazing people that I love and so but then I had to start reaching out to people and when I started reaching out to people that I would find that I felt fit they their story fitted the narrative of the podcast they'd come back to me and say yeah I'd love to I'd love to be a guest on the show and at that point you kind of there's a there's a commitment. If they, they, you reach out to them, they've come back and said yes. So you have to go. And I think that gave me the confidence, that I knew I, I had something because when you're reaching out to people that um, I wasn't reaching out to my mum or my cousins or my brother, people that I know <laughs> probably would have come on the podcast, but they, they would have been very nice about it, and they wouldn't, you know, they would listen and so forth. So. Reaching out to people that I didn't know, didn't know me, came back, they liked the idea. Sorry, the idea, sorry. At that point, I thought, yeah, I've got something here.
1: Good. That is so exciting. Well, have you enjoyed the journey of getting to meet other people and share this meaty topic?
0: Oh, totally. Totally. I've learned so much about mindset, growth mindset resilience imposter syndrome I, re- I referenced a second ago um behavior change and and all, you know what's been the most wonderful thing about doing it doing the podcast is that I've met some I guess there's a number of things actually one that I've met incredible people inspiring people and but I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is the fact that We are as human beings incredibly resilient. And the amount of people that I've spoken to have experienced different but equally very challenging situations for them because everything's relative. And, but what they've all demonstrated to me, and this is pretty much 100%, is that they've all been able to successfully transition after being pretty really devastated about the situation that may have happened to them. And sometimes it's nice to take a moment to to reflect on that because you Mm -hmm. have the conversations and afterwards you, you, I'm inspired, but then you, you take a moment and you think, well, there are some, there are incredible people out there. And it, it gives me confidence that if we're having these conversations, your podcast equally does the same thing. And I think if we, if there's enough of me and you out there that are pushing this, con- pushing this content, this narrative, then there are people that randomly will listen to to our content, and we could be part of that conversation that helps people really lean into their best lives, and you know that's important.
1: I love that, and I, you and I spoke a little bit about raising kids that are resilient. And I don't know about the United Kingdom, but I know in the United States that I see more now than ever, parents who are so committed to their kids making perfect grades, doing the best that they can in sports, being the top of their game in everything, getting asked to the prom by the right person, you know, so many different things. We're not preparing our children for the fact that Mm. Uh, not everyone can make a sports team that yeah. not everyone can. You yeah. know, they might not be uh, super athletically inclined and not all kids are going to be honor student material. So you told me about somebody. I don't know. Was it an actress or who was I it? Was, but um, I'm...
0: She's from your your side of the pond, actually. Sarah Is Blakely, she... who's the okay. founder of Spanx. I think it's called. I think it's um, OK. You know, un- underwear Garments and she you know i love this so when she was at school sarah and her brother when they would come home from school their dad would say to them what have you felt what have you felt today at school and if they said nothing then he would be disappointed because he felt that they weren't pushing themselves and they weren't developing they weren't grow- they, they wouldn't grow they wouldn't grow and I was like, wow! I hadn't thought of it like that before. And it, and as a parent, I'm not a parent, but certainly, I I don't think I would have been as insightful to think about that. But when she explained it, I was like, wow, yeah! You want your kids to to be to be ambitious and to to be inquisitive,
1: mm-hmm. and to accept that if, let's say, the basketball team isn't for them. Mm-hmm. There will be something else that is. Yeah, I see a lot of sports teams in the high schools. For a while, I was a substitute teacher here, but a lot of sports teams are trying to accept everyone, or you know, do the kind of thing where there, are, in some sports, there are no real winners and there are no mm. real, real losers. And mm. I don't think much is gained by that. Yeah, um, we're it's okay if we're not perfect at everything. And I I hope that our children understand that. It's awesome that they try things and they're going to giggle about it when they're 40. The thing that they tried about when I was a kid, I tried a number of sports and it turns out I'm extraordinarily clumsy and I would always be voted most inspirational, which was so humiliating because what that meant was nobody would really play me, but I kept showing up anyway. And you know, that's the quality that has saved my whole life. (laughs) I mean, it literally has. It's not innate talent or connection or whatever, but it's the ability to keep trying. And I now look at that and think, those were great trophies. I'm sorry I threw them out.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's it. I think that, I think it's a, a real skill <clears throat> to continue to show up when, because it's, it's so easy to throw the towel in. Because the, what well, I guess what I've learned from doing the podcast is, the, is our mind and our brains incredibly powerful, and the the kind of information that we that we absorb, we take in, is really important. And you know, Carol Dweck talks about growth mindset over the fixed mindset, and that ability to, I, I guess, to to reprocess things and to if something doesn't quite work at the moment, okay, how, how you know what, what solution do we need to look at? in order to fix this situation. So you, so you, your brain is more expansive and you're kind of thinking about solutions. And I definitely, prior to doing this podcast, had more of a fixed mindset. And sometimes I try and, I try. sometimes I try I instinctively, I might go back to that fixed mindset. And then I think, no, I need to think differently. Because it's very easy just to think, you know, I'm going to get a cup of tea I can't do this, right? And what, what's interesting is that when we do push ourselves a little bit, we, it can be we can be quite surprised at things that we can do that we probably had. It, it's very easy to write off and think, "Well, I can't do that."
1: Absolutely, absolutely. That's a great way to look at it what can we do and what yeah. are we not giving ourselves credit for when we think i can't make it through this difficult hurdle yeah. yeah we can it's amazing what we can do maybe not alone maybe we need some support through the process okay. but we it's amazing how resilient we truly are yeah. yeah where can people connect with you and learn more about my perfect failure podcast i okay. love it
0: great yeah. title and 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 just to support your point i think that is a really good point that should be encouraged we don't need to do all this alone there are people that we can reach out to who can help us along the way because i think if we try and do things in isolation on our own then we're not always going to achieve the best result so within our community or within podcasts like yours mine or within books or videos we we shouldn't think that we need to do it all alone because there are amazing resources out there that can really help us and push us and help us achieve things that we're looking to achieve but yeah but to answer your question best place to reach me is the website i would suggest which is paul at myperfectfailure.com or you can find me on linkedin i don't think i'm paul padmore i don't think there's maybe there might be one other Paul Padmore, but I can send you a link. Or if you search for Paul Padmore, you'll quite easily find me there. Also, where else can you find me? And if you want to email me, it's paul at my I think those are the best places to find me.
1: I love it. I think what you're doing is fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. And I just think, what a great message that we need to have now. These are conversations mm. that spark inspiration, not sadness. They don't keep us stuck. They yeah. spark inspiration and understanding. And I love that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And thank you for being a guest. And I love what you're doing.
1: Of oh, your you. story,
0: inspired by you, what you're doing. And hopefully we can have many more conversations. I love that. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you very much.
1: I loved that. And I hope what you got from this message and this podcast interview was not that failure is something that we strive for, but that it happens to all of us, right? That if you're not going for what you want in life, you probably won't experience much failure. And on the opposite side of that, the more opportunity that you strive for what you want, the more opportunity for failure. But It's not something to fear. It's not a terminal illness of some sort. It is merely a setback on the journey that you can choose to learn from and incorporate those lessons and maybe share those lessons with others in your community. Thanks so much. Have a fabulous week and I will see you next time. Don't forget that you can join me and be a patron and have access to the classes that I already have hosted on patreon.com have extra access with Q&A, maybe early writings that I do. And if you want to support the podcast but financially can't be a patron, by all means, just listen as you are, give it a rating and or share it with a friend. Thanks so much for all. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed it, feel free to leave a review. And if you've really, really enjoyed it, Go ahead and subscribe, and I'll see you next week.
0: Proud member of the Podnougan Network.